Hey, welcome back to the Ascent Church Podcast. We have a great episode for you, so let's get to it. Good morning, everybody. I feel like I'm about to sing like a duet or something when I pull this mic out with the cord and stuff. I don't know. You guys would not like that if I were to do that. Uh, That would uh, be unscripted, some might say. Uh, Which is a great transition, because we're in part two. Uh, That's why they pay me the big bucks, transitions like that. Uh, We pay him big bucks? No. Uh, Part two of unscripted. Uh, This is a a series that I'm really excited about. And uh, it's hard for me to believe, but we're already almost uh, towards the end of the year, Christmas season. Uh, In fact, yesterday my wife and I put up our Christmas tree, uh, which I used to think something was wrong with people who did that before Thanksgiving. Uh, but Taylor has like totally converted me and, uh, it's, it's really like, oh, there's something good about this year. It's just something about having Christmas music playing. We found a nice little YouTube video with a fireplace and we're just putting up our Christmas tree and, uh, it, it was great. Now I'm still not convinced that you're supposed to watch Hallmark movies, uh, until after Thanksgiving. That's where I draw the line. Like I, I think that that's in the Bible somewhere. You ought not do that. Uh, But we are getting close to that season, and I'm really excited about it. And what I also know about this time of season uh, is that we have to be around people, some of us, uh, we have to be around people that we would never be around if we were not related to them. We would never be around if we didn't have to be because of circumstances that tied us together. And that's really what we're going to talk about today as we jump into the book of Jonah, which is one of the most fascinating stories in all of the Bible. And that is, how do we love those people who truly repel us? Uh, and, and in reality, we all have these people in our lives. In fact, you might be sitting next to that person in your life. If that's you, do not raise your hand. Husbands, Caden, right here, he's getting a little trouble right there for that one. Uh, in all seriousness, it could be, you know, in-laws, it could be your parents, you know, it, it could be children or it could be an ex-spouse where, you know, really there's a lot of pain and, and hurt there, but you have a kid together. So you, you're in each other's life for better or for worse, a boss or a coworker, those people who you just want to, in all of your heart, want to run from them. And yet God has tied you together for whatever purpose. How do we love those people? And that's really what the book of Jonah is all about. Jonah is called to the people of Nineveh in the very first chapter. And when we read that, we don't really think much of it. But to Jonah's culture, to the Jewish people, Nineveh would have been the worst place to go. Nineveh was known for their cruelty. They hated the Jewish people. And God said, I want you to go preach to those people. It would be kind of like asking a Holocaust survivor to go into Nazi Germany and preach the gospel to those people. It would be that kind of level of Repulsion. In fact, what Jonah does, as we read on in the very first verse of chapter 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preached against it, because their evil has come up before me. And then verse 3, it says, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish, which is literally in the exact opposite way. 2,400 miles away from where he was supposed to be going. And I know some of you in this room, you got to be like, you know, I wish I could run 2,400 miles from that person in my life. I wish I could just detach myself from some people. My life would be so much better if that person didn't have to be in my life. And we can begin to wonder why God would even allow that person to come into our lives. God, why, why did you let me marry that person? What was I thinking? God, why does my family have to be so dysfunctional? And then it says this. It says, from the Lord's presence which is what we're going to discover today. Bradley's going to come up and preach here in a little bit, and that is you cannot run from God's presence. And you can try to hide from those people God has placed in your life, but God has placed them there for a purpose. And you cannot run, no matter how far you go, 
where you go, God is always there, which is both a very encouraging fact and also terrifying. I cannot get away from God no matter where I go. In the depths of my sin, God is still right there. And when I'm at a church service, God is here just as much. Verse uh, 3, as we continue on, it says, He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. And then the story gets uh, awesome. It says, But the Lord threw a great wind onto the sea, and such a great storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. So they're uh, on their way to Tarshish. Jonah's on the boat. They have no idea he's running from God. And God throws in this great, huge sea storm. And the guys on the boat are like, we got to get everything off this boat or it's going to break in half. So they're literally just throwing their cargo off the boat. They're all crying out to their own gods, saying, help us, help us. Any God out there that's listening, hello, we would like a little bit of help so we don't die on this boat. And then it says... They threw the ship's cargo to lighten the load. This is still verse 5. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and had fallen into a deep sleep. This is, uh, this is just so comical to me. And in the midst of all of this commotion, the sailors are so frightened, they're literally throwing off their uh, cargo. And where is Jonah? He's taking a nap in the hole of the ship. Like, wh- what in the world is this story? Verse 6. So the captain approaches Jonah and said, What are you doing sound asleep? Get up. Call to your God. Maybe this God will consider us and we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other. Let's cast lots. Then we'll know who is to blame for this trouble we're in. Which in our culture would be like drawing for straws, the short straw. Uh, So they cast the lots and the lots singled out Jonah. They said, who's responsible for this? It lands on Jonah. Then they said to him, tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? He answered them, I'm a Hebrew. Then he says this, don't miss this. I worship the God of the heavens who made the sea and the dry land. The God who made the sea. And Jonah thinks the best way to get away from the God who, reminds you, made the sea is on a boat. (laughs) Just let that sink in for a minute. I mean, these sailors had to look at him like you are like missing a couple screws in your head, aren't you? The, the, The God who created the sea and you're trying to run from him on the sea. Just not very smart. Verse 10 says, Then the men were seized by a great fear and said to him, What is this you've done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you so that the sea will calm down for us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. He answered them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea so that, will, so that it will calm you down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this great storm that is against you. So Jonah just immediately goes, Yeah, I think what would fix it is if you guys just threw me in the water. So the guys, uh, on the sailors, verse 13, it says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. So they're like, we're not going to throw you in. We're not going to sacrifice you. We're going to work as hard as we can to get you there safely and alive. So the men are rowing hard. And I don't know if they did it for five minutes or if it was an extended amount of time, but verse 14 is kind of uh, humorous to me. It says, So they called out to the Lord, Please, Lord, don't let us perish because of this man's life. And don't charge us with the innocent blood. For you, Lord, have done just as you pleased. Then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. I just love that. It's like, we're not going to let you die. Okay, we're going to let him die. Pick him up, throw him in, guys. Two verses. That's all it took. Verse 16. The men were seized by great fear of the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows, which is like they made promises to the Lord. The Lord appointed a great Fish. Everybody say fish. Fish. 
Okay, now here we go. We got, we, got a, we got a problem here. I grew up knowing this was Jonah and the whale. This book never says anything about a whale. It, never, it says fish all the way through. So I'm just kind of like shattering your childhood Sunday school lessons right now. There's no whale in this story. That has nothing to do with the sermon. I just really felt like you guys should know that. And then it says, The Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Today, uh, I'm going to invite my friend Briley up here in a second. I'm going to pray for him. He's going to share with us three ways from the book of Jonah that we can love those that repel us. And what we're going to see in this story is Jonah, trying to run from those people he hates the most, is actually called by God to be a blessing to them. And there's a very interesting end to this story, which Briley is going to show you, uh, that leaves a lot of people reading the story going, what? Tell us more. Uh, and and Briley's going to, I think, at the end of this, going to give you uh, the, the reason why that is. And the reason the story's kind of open-ended is because it's my story, and it's your story also. This Christmas season, it brings to light those relationships that are not great, but really, this is an all-year type of thing. How do we deal with those people that we don't want to deal with, but we have to because God has placed them in our lives? So let me pray for us, uh, and, then, and then I think we're going to hear a really challenging uh, and good, uplifting message. Father God, thank you so much for these people. Thank you for uh, Briley, who's going to come up and preach uh, for us here in just a moment. Lord, I pray that you'd be with him, uh, give him courage uh, to say what needs to be said, give him clarity as he speaks. And Lord, may this story that is so interesting and fascinating not just be a story that we hear and go, oh, that was cool, but that we would leave here changed, that this story would have an effect on our story. Lord, and I pray that as always, we would see it in the scheme of your story, that we get to play a role in the restoration you are doing in our own lives and in the world. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Everybody give a hand to Briley. Uh, I'm excited to be back next week. We get another week of this guy. Did a great job last week. Yeah. Uh, good morning. So, like Blake said, uh, yep. It was going to be a smooth transition, too. He always comes in with a crash, I swear. Um, anyways, yeah, like Blake said, so we're going to be in Jonah today. Uh, and growing up, like he said, uh, I only knew the first part of the story, like chapter one. That's that's in chapter two. Like I knew that Jonah got swallowed by a whale is what I thought. Uh, come to find out, it's just a fish. Uh, and then something happened in the fish for three days, and then the, the fish spitting back on dry land, right? Like, I never knew the rest of the story. And uh, so, as a learning uh, Christian, I, uh, I think that a lot of us don't know the second part of the story. So, um, anyways, this morning I'm going to give you two steps and a question to ask yourself um, to loving the person that repels you, your enemy, someone that you, uh, you don't quite see eye to eye with. Like for a long time, Blake and I did not see eye to eye, okay? And it's funny how God works because now we're neighbors and we have to love each other. Or we don't have to and it can just be miserable. So anyways, the first step, that, <laughs> yeah, so it, it is kind of funny if you know the whole story and that's just another day. So the first step is to love like you want to be loved. So in Jonah 2, uh, we see that, uh, I'm just going to read Jonah 2, and we see that Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, right? So he's calling out to Jesus, or not to Jesus, sorry, Jesus isn't here yet. God, uh, I called to the Lord my disaster, and he answered me. I cried out for help from 
deep inside Sheol. You heard my voice. Sheol is like the place of the dead. Uh, So you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the current overcame me. All your breakers, all your billows swept over me. But I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look once toward your holy temple. The water engulfed me up to the neck. The, water de- the watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I sank to the foundations of the mountains. The earth gates shut behind me forever. Then the Lord raised my life from the pit, the Lord my God. As my life was fading away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Those who cherish worthless idols abandon their faithful love. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then the crazy part of the story is the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Like uh, sometimes uh, I begin to think that my enemy doesn't deserve uh, God's grace, doesn't deserve my forgiveness, doesn't deserve um, me to be nice to them. And we see here that Jonah didn't, uh, deserve to have a second chance to to um, be forgiven to uh, fulfill uh, what he ran from and we're going to find in chapter 3 that he actually fulfills what he was told in quite a comical way but the, 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 the point is uh, he was forgiven God had forgiven him for running from him. It took him three days in a well to come to his senses before uh, he realizes that uh, he was in the wrong and that he needs Jesus. And I think sometimes, or God, and sometimes I think that we oftentimes don't think that our enemy deserves grace. The very same grace that God sent his son to die on the cross for us. The same grace that uh, he, he took on his wrath so that someday... We can spend eternity with him. And uh, I just, I really think that uh, Jonah has no idea the power of God. And and, and we often don't have any idea the power of God. But but whenever we're in the valley, sometimes it takes us getting to that point to um, come to our senses. To get down on our knees and say... You know what? I screwed up. I need you. And um, moving into chapter three, uh, the next step would be uh, you're in their life for a reason. Right. So a lot of times um, I know that I've been placed in people's lives that I don't really want to be placed in their lives. Like, God, pick somebody else. Pick pick the neighbor. Why me? Why do I have to to be here doing this, uh, doing your work to these people like uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a whole lot easier to sit back there and play the drums than it is to come up here and preach the Word of God. Yet, I know I'm here for a reason. And um, so, let's just dive into chapter 3. It says, The Word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach the message that I tell you. So Jonah went to Nineveh, got up went to Nineveh. And uh, Nineveh was a big city. It was a three-day walk. So, pretty large, large city. Um, and anyways, Jonah is a terrible preacher. We see uh, in Jonah chap- uh, chapter 3, verse 4, Jonah set out on a day's journey and walked into the city and proclaimed. This is his, this is his whole sermon, right? 
whole sermon. In 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. And then he's like, mic drop, I'm out. Like bare minimum uh, that he can get by with is what he's doing. What he forgot was that he was no different than those people. He was no better. We are no better than our enemy as much as we don't like him. As much as we hate them, as much as we don't like the things that they get given to them because we've had to work hard for it. They don't deserve God's grace. No, that's not, that's not what, we're, what we're told here. We're not told that they don't deserve God's grace because uh, we're going to find out in, 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 if we keep reading. So uh, then immediately the people of Nineveh believed God. Wow. If I could just say, in 40 days, Nineveh will be demolished. In 40 days, Woodward is going to be demolished. And then immediately, the people believed God. Well, that'd be, we'd, we'd just, there wouldn't be no sense in having a preacher because we could just go home. And, you know, uh, so anyways, they proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. Then the word reached the king of Nineveh. He got up. From his throne, took off his royal robe, put on sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he issued a decree in Nineveh by order of the king and his nobles. No person or animal, herd or flock, is to taste anything at all. They must not eat or drink water. Furthermore, both people and animals must be covered with sackcloth, and everyone must call out earnestly to God. Each must turn from his evil ways and do evil ways, and from his wrongdoings. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn from his burning anger so that we will not perish. And then like God always does, God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, so God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. He was going to destroy their city. Yet they called and proclaimed and called on the name of the Lord. And it didn't happen. He forgave them. Why is it so hard for us to forgive? Like, uh, you know, growing up, I, I, I hated forgiving my friends, right? Like, I was super competitive. And so if we lost a baseball game, I hated them. Like, you guys suck. And here we see Jonah sucks. And yet he still wins because God is with him and God told him to do something. He went and did it and he did it terrible. But it was all it took. And God forgave his people because the Ninevites were God's people too. Sometimes we forget that. We just think that because we're Christians, we're the only people that that are God's. But it's kind of funny. Everybody walking down the street in Woodward, Oklahoma has made the image of God. They're his people. Let's keep reading in chapter 4. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, isn't this what I thought while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled toward Tarshish in the first place. I knew that, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster And now, Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And it gets real funny right here. The Lord asked, 
Is it right for you to be angry? What does Jonah do? Jonah left. Like, I don't think that whenever God asks me something in heaven that I'm just going to turn away and walk. Because that's not going to happen. No, no, no matter how far you think you run, how good you are at hiding, you're not going to outrun him. And we're going to find this out as we keep reading. Jonah left the city and found a place east of it. He made himself a shelter there and sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God appointed a plant and it grew over Jonah and provided shade for his head to rescue him from his trouble. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant and it withered. As the sun, sorry, that's just, uh, you guys didn't laugh, so I'm just going to repeat that. God appointed a worm, <laughs> and it attacked the plant, and it withered. Like, we saw that God appointed Jonah, and Jonah ran, but God appoints a worm, and the worm does exactly what he told him to do. <laughs> As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down on Jonah's head so much that he fainted and he wanted to die. He said, it's better for me to die than to live. Then God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Why, yes, it's right. He, he replied, I'm angry enough to die. Really, Jonah? This is not going well. So the Lord said, you cared about the plant, which you did not labor over. And you did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. But may I not care about the great city of Nineveh. He cared about this plant that he had no control over growing. He had no control over uh, when it died. He didn't do anything for it. Yet he was mad because it was taken from him. He can't even control his own actions. But we see that God still cared about Nineveh, right? He cared about God's people because they're made in the image of him. They're still his people. Like, I hate to say it, but a murderer is still God's child. It's God's people made in the image of him. No matter how far you run, no matter how far you think you can hide, uh, you're not going to outrun your maker. But... May I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as many animals. So 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and left, that would be children. 120,000 children in this city. And, uh, and Jonah's like, eh, I don't care. I'm going to do bare minimum. You're going to come in contact with somebody this week that you don't like, regardless of, uh, of what your week looks like. You, you can be in quarantine, and you're probably going to come in contact with someone you don't like, okay, whether it be over the phone, whatever. So the decision is yours. Will you choose to yearn? Will you choose to love like you yearn to be loved? Or will you let your enemies go astray, even though you may be the only person in their life to bring them to know Jesus? 
So are you going to let your selfish ways decide that? Or are you going to do what you feel called to do and go out and tell his people about Jesus, even though you don't like him and they don't deserve it? Did we deserve it? No, we didn't. We see in John, uh, right before the Passover, John 13, uh, Jesus is, is preparing for the Last Supper. And uh, Jen, if you want to come on up. The Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from his word, the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And now that it was time for supper, uh, he had already put it in the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had everything in thing into his hands, that he had come from God. Judas betrayed him. Judas betrayed Jesus to death, ultimately getting get him killed. And this next part just blows my mind because Jesus knows. Jesus knows. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, tied it around himself. Next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and dry them with the towel that he had tied around him. Somebody that just betrayed him. He's going to get killed. And he gets down on his knees and he washes his feet. What's wrong with us? Why can't we love our enemies like Jesus loved someone who betrayed him? What what does our family look like at Thanksgiving? When we love someone that we don't want to love, but we love them like Jesus loved them anyways. Because that's what Jesus called us to do. So, the decision is yours. You can choose to love like Jesus, or you can keep running and trying to hide. And this crazy world, this message talks to me probably more than anybody because I know I'm guilty of it too. And I just, I just pray that someone in this room would Begin to love whoever they hate like Jesus loved them. Loves you. He loves me. They're still his children. And I just want you to close your eyes and, and bow your heads. And, and uh, I just kind of want to go back to, to Jonah. Uh, we see him. He's thrown in. And he's swallowed by this fish. And uh, a lot like Elijah last week, he's running. And we see that we serve such a gracious God and loving God that even though Jonah ran, he gave him a second chance. Jesus loved Jonah and sent him out for a mission because the people in Nineveh needed to hear God's word. And Jonah was the only way. And maybe you were the only way that somebody that you know can hear about Jesus. I just want you to think, what am I going to do? 
what decision am I going to make? Love like Jesus or be selfish. Thank you, Riley. Uh, this story of, of Jonah is uh, it's comical. Uh, it's, uh, you know, people who say that the Bible is boring, I tell them, read Jonah. Uh, but it is, it's, it's the kind of story that uh, calls us to change in our own lives. And really what Jonah is about, 700 years before he walked the earth, is, is Jesus and what he did. Uh, Jonah spent three days and three nights in the belly of a well. Jesus came and he spent three days and three nights in a grave. Uh, Jonah calmed the seas, calmed the wrath of God by throwing, being thrown into it. Jesus comes and he's the better Jonah. And he willfully throws himself into the wrath of God for us. See, our sins, our missing of the mark has caused us to be enemies of a holy God. And yet Jesus came and he said, I'm going to take your place so that you as enemies of God can become children of God. And our sin doesn't just make us an enemy with God. Our sin is what breaks relationships and breaks things in our lives. And Jesus says, there's a better way. And I'm going to give you the power to live a life in which you can overcome that sin. And he promises us that one day he's going to return, friends. And there's going to be no more sin. We won't have to talk about broken relationships and enemies and people who have hurt us because there will be no more hurt. There will be no more tears. There will just be us and King Jesus. And it's in light of that, I think, that Briley calls us to love. Like if we've experienced a love like that, how do we not love the other people in our lives? And I know that this is hard. And I know that if I were to invite you up and you were to have the microphone for a minute, you could tell us things that people did to you that would make us all cry. Things that we couldn't believe. Like you, you don't even know. You don't even have a beginning mind of what the person you're telling me to try to love has done to me. And yet I would just tell you, friends, love is always the answer. And I know that sounds so corny, uh, but it's hard for me to hear a message like this that Briley just preached and not think about my relationship with my own father. He died when I was 16 years old. Um, and, and this always comes up in my heart when I think about these things because I had an opportunity to love him. And yet I chose in my bitterness to push him away. And I can't help but think we have people in our lives right now that we just are trying to push away. And maybe God has placed them in our life for a very specific purpose. So we're going to stand. If you would, go ahead and stand. We're going to worship the God who has loved us in this great way. And while you're singing, I want you to think about the person in your life who, quite honestly, you, you are feeling like they are the most unlovable person in your life. And I want you to think of a way this week you can practically love them. And maybe for you, it's just praying a blessing over them and actually being okay with God blessing them. Or maybe for you, it's taking a step and calling them and apologizing for where you were wrong. Yeah, but they need to apologize. But maybe, maybe you need to apologize in an area in your life. Whatever it might be, this week, I pray that the Holy Spirit... Uh, would lead you and that you would have the courage to obey. Uh, unlike Jonah, run towards those who repel you, not, those, not away from them. Thanks for tuning in to the Ascent Church podcast. You can check in with us on social media at My Ascent Church. New episodes each week. Thanks. Thanks.